video vampires but jessica and mickey hello 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 i've seen some stuff i like it's weird how i cycle now like before in la i would see everything i could but Mm -hmm. it's different because we're in like still a pandemic world but like i don't have the independent theaters that i did as close to me as in la so i have seen some stuff I saw some stuff at home that I wish I saw in the theater. And then I saw some theater stuff that I'm glad I saw in the theater. So I actually saw Spider-Man and I want to talk. Did you see this yet? Are you planning on seeing it? Oh, I saw it. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. There was, it's one of those movies that like you, if you don't see it opening weekend, you run the risk of like, I didn't know anything that was going to happen Spoilers. other than what you saw in the trailer. So every surprise that happened, I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I was, I reacted in real one person ruined one thing for me not ruined but like i read it it was like and they were trying not to ruin it and i will so like anyone who doesn't want to hear spider-man fast, maybe forward. Like fast forward because i want to bring up certain things that are going to spoil it for you yep. it's been out uh mdb will spoil it for you if you go on imdb yeah it, it really will like these are things yeah. that you know that was speculated about yeah but i saw it in theater and like i love seeing it in the theater because I'm in Georgia. Everyone is like, everyone was hollering. It was like different than when I would see an LA movie. Like I've seen all the Avenger movies, you know, basically in LA and they get like lively. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's funny because there's a difference between, you know, your regular movie theater. And then like, I I call them bougie theaters, even though they're not, but they, they are because they cater to a different clientele. Um, And then there's also uh, more rules. You know, you, you have to be quiet. Like obviously movies like these, it's a shared participation. Mm-hmm. You and the other person next to you, you're seeing this in a shared experience rather than having your own personal experience with it. But I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. I love Spider-Man. I loved all the shit. People were like, it was like the second coming of Jesus Christ. Like when yeah. they showed both uh, Andrew and Toby, and Toby yeah. like people were like screaming. They were like, ah! there was like popcorn flying everywhere. Like, People were like jumping out of their seats. Like it was so fucking funny. And I loved every bit of it. First, when Andrew Garfield came on, people were like, ah, Spider-Man, like Andrew. And then like, then Toby came on and yeah. it was like the whole place erupted. Even even like the people who knew, like I got really excited because Daredevil shows up very quickly. Yeah. It is Charlie Cox. That has all been confirmed that he is yeah, yeah, um, yeah. redoing the role. I love, like Daredevil is one of my favorite yeah. uh, characters. You know, the man without fear um and to see him in the movie was really cool because there's yeah. always been a thing i don't know if you guys are watching hawkeye too uh hawkeye is actually right. way cooler than i gave it credit for it's funny because hawkeye is not one of my favorite characters but the shows on disney are really fucking good yeah. and they're clever and i'll, I'll ruin it so i already know, know yeah okay yeah. so kingpin shows up in yeah. hawkeye um again i love that they're tying this together i can't wait to see new daredevil i hope it's still as gritty and you know mean as it was on netflix yeah but when it comes to disney you know you you don't really know i wonder what they're gonna do with it but as long as it's charlie cox i i still feel pretty good about it um i love spider-man i i did i think it's like one of the first superhero movies where like everything has real consequences but like this felt real uh another thing that i love and don't love about it is like teenagers are so fucking annoying and i was annoyed by every decision that they made but because they're kids and uh i did like it i um because i you know i grew up as as a little kid i learned how to read by spider-man comics so 
I loved this movie so much. Like, I mean, that was like Spider-Man was my hero. Like, you know, I, I could have cared. I could have done without all the, you know, all the Marvel movies. I just wanted Spider-Man, you know, and like um, yeah. I was not I, I liked the Tom, the first, you know, the first two, but I didn't love them. Like, because I'll be honest with you, like my Spider-Man was always Tobey Maguire, you know, like when when that first Spider-Man came out and when it was announced. It was just like, it was like, you know, like when you're like, oh, this is a gift for me. You know, it was like, yeah, you know, I was like, Sam Raimi's directing it. What the fuck? And then I was like, Kirsten Dunst is in it. Who I had a huge crush on. I was like, Willem Dafoe's going to be because he's one of my favorite actors. And I was like, and Tobey Maguire, I was like, that makes sense to me. And so those, those first two Spider-Man movies were huge deals for me. Like I, yeah. I really, I mean, I was. I like I was, that you don't mention the third one because the third yeah, one and it sucks that garbage. sam raimi did it but it's like one of the worst movies i've ever seen period yes. yeah. uh which is unfortunate because i i do like the first two like you just said and those mm-hmm. again those are like our spider-man yeah um, so when when you know i loved charlie i loved daredevil as well so when charlie cox came out and he did the whole you know the brief matt murdoch cameo i was like that's because i love daredevil as well you know but like um for me it was like when Andrew Garfield came out, I was like, I cheered, you know, when Tobey Maguire came out, I fucking lost it. You know, I was yeah. just like, cause it was like, it was like, this is my Spider-Man. And, and, you know, there's a scene, there's a moment in the movie that like, what I liked about this movie was that it kind of, it kind of kind of covered all of the other movies too. Like, so there's that scene where MJ's falling and Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man is oh. the one who, and I'm yeah, like, people were I'm, like, my uh, eyes were know. like, yeah, I, I like, I, it was like, I was like a, a like a, my face was like, str- I was streaming tears. Yeah, it was just like, Dude. and then, you know, everyone um, was like, get her, get her. And like, I, even me, I was like, my hands are over. I was like, they can't, they won't, they won't. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, dude. And I, the three Spider-Mans was really cool. I liked that they talked about Tobey Maguire's webs because as you yeah. know, Spider-Man never had webs as a part of his. They and then, and it. then after, and then after the first Spider, right, like shortly before, right after the first Sam Raimi Spider movie, they made they worked that into the comics for a while. They like they did make it organic because they were trying to like, you know, oh, you saw the yeah. movie, great. When you read the comic books, you won't be completely whatever. But um, yeah, I, I loved that. And then like I loved the banter. And, and what I liked most is that there was I there was a time in the two thousands where Spider Man was I some of the writing on that comic because I was still reading it was like unfucking believable it was just like yes this is like this is a spider-man comic book that i could read as a kid and i could read as an adult and be like i'm into and then the writer who was this you know he was also a television writer at one point he created the show babylon 5 he basically got mandated from marvel they're like we don't want spider-man to be married anymore we don't want like because we want you know we want to we want to try to refresh the character and all this stuff and they made him write this storyline where basically aunt may gets killed or gets shot and she's gonna die and he can't. He goes to Iron Man to go to 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 get help and Iron Man's like I can't do shit right. And he goes to these people and he's trying to go to all these people and nobody can help. So finally he goes to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is like, hey man, I can't do it. So then he ends up going to Mephisto, who is the the devil of the Marvel universe, who's like, oh yeah, yeah I, can, I can fix it. But basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna wipe out all of the years that happened before, mm-hmm. like your marriage to MJ, all this stuff, yada yada yada. And there's like this like tearful like we'll find each other again moment, you know, in the comic book. But it was just one of those things where people were like, what the holy fuck did you, and people hated it. I hated yeah. it. I was like, are you kidding me? So I liked that this movie took that elements of that story and actually corrected it, you know, and made it, yes, this works, you know, like they made it, made it fit. And it, it was, so for me as a comic book fan, I, it, it hit all those beats. And I, what I was saying to a friend of mine, I can't, I couldn't explain. It's like, yes, Dr. Strange is in this. And yes, Matt Murdock has got a cameo in it. 
but even still it didn't feel like a marvel universe you know like mcu film it felt like a spider-man comic book yeah brought to life and i loved that and like and um you know, I thought Alfred Molina's great. I love, I mean, Willem Dafoe is fucking Willem Dafoe. I mean, the guy could fucking be sitting and taking a shit reading the fucking paper. And I'd be like, I will watch that for three hours. So I loved, I, I, I was over the moon. In fact, I, it, I was talk gushing about it so much last night that it was like becoming like a joke between my friends. We were at a bar and they were just like, yeah, are you trying? Like, did they hire you? And I'm like, no, it's just really <laughs> fucking good. And you guys haven't seen it. I want to talk about it with somebody because I really, I mean, my wife was just like, she was like, it was fine. You know, she liked it, you know, um, but she wasn't like, for her, it wasn't, a, it didn't hit as hard because she's not a spider, you know, it wasn't her thing, yeah. you know? So, whereas like, I think I spent the last 20 minutes of that movie, just like a hot mess, just like mm -hmm. happy and crying and just going through the roller coaster of emotions. And I loved the ending. I thought the ending was like, you know, it was really well yeah. done. There's a moment in the ending that I don't want, I really don't want to give away, but it was just this moment where like, you think he's going... Peter Parker's going to do something, but then he realizes that he probably shouldn't do it. And then he just, it's just this great moment that's like unspoken. And I was just, but it's like, it's, it's so all, sad. yeah, it's all internal and it's all like, and it was just made me go, man, fuck Tom Holland. is a really fucking good, he, I mean, I've always liked him as Spider-Man, but I, this was the moment where I was like, I finally, cause uh, one thing that I, I always didn't like about the Tom Holland Marvel Spider-Man movies was they never, for me, they never quite got the whole what I like about Spider-Man, which is Stan Lee had always said, you've got Spider-Man's in the middle and he's got to the left of him. He's got, you know, he's got to save these people from like whatever. And to the right of him, he's got to get Aunt May her medicine or she's going to die. And he's constantly has to choose which which way to go, you know? Yeah. And like people think that and he, and he wisecracks and he's a goofy guy, but he's always faced with these like difficult decisions. And that's what I've always loved about Spider-Man is that he's always trying to make the right one. And I, I hated that they never, I, as much as I never wanted to see the Uncle Ben getting shot and whatever thing, I was just like, I'm so fucking tired of seeing that. But I also think it's important because that's that's the, what makes Spider-Man, like, he's lighthearted, but he's also, he's, he's he, on one hand, he's lighthearted, on the other hand, he's this brooding, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, they never had that. In the first Spider-Man, it was like, oh, I don't get to be an Avenger. Man, I'm like, really? Like, that's the angst? this one finally got the end or i was like so with by the end of the spider-man movie where he was when he was going off to be spider-man i'm like you have finally become the spider-man that i've I've wanted you to be well yeah and they and i do like that too because they kind of tied it into like this is spider-man's destiny across the multiverse yes uh, and i loved that i was crying sad, but i was also like, like yeah you know, yeah. it like really nails it in. And I, I did love that because they yeah. had their each own thing. You know, I, I really loved how the multiverse opened up the universe. Like, yeah. like I, I honestly don't give a fuck that we'll be seeing Marvel movies until the end of time. I, I really don't because they're enjoyable. Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. But the multiverse and especially Loki, like, did you watch Loki? Um, So fucking Loki, cool. Loki it, was the best Disney plus Marvel show I've seen. Oh, absolutely. And like the way they timed it into Spider-Man is really cool. The way that they're tied. Cause I honestly in uh, not infinity war um, end game bothered me a little bit how they left it. And I like that these shows and other movies are like picking up the slack of like yeah. questions yeah. that like everyone has of like, what the fuck, how did it yeah. end like this? How did we bring everyone back? So the shows are like really good segues into other movies, but I, at the end of this Spider-Man, you see kind of like a trailer a little bit for the new Doctor Strange movie. 
yeah. which also ties directly into the multiverse, which is really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I'm really and excited. Ramey's to see directing it. that one. Yeah, I did. I know. I was like, okay, like our boy's coming back to redeem himself after Spider-Man yeah. Three because it's still the worst fucking movie. And I forgive seen. him just because I think that I, from what I what I was told and what I've heard, Spider-Man Three was kind of like the studio was like really. Yeah put a lot of you know pressure on him to deliver something else and he was like you could tell like with the first two spider-man movies that he loved what he was doing mm-hmm. you know um and then the third one you could just tell that he was just kind of like fuck i mean like we had so many bad things in spider-man 3 that i just can't i don't even i don't even want to think about them but i do remember the damn scene and really hating it but i mean after that he gave his drag drag me to hell so like yeah. i feel like you know he redeemed himself and that's true, but I do like that he has his hands on like a a superhero movie again. Yeah, and that is Spider Man because Spider Man is always the one that was like your local hometown hero. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, know. <laughs> I, I, I know. Yeah, I, I really loved it. I loved even at the end um, when they had Venom in, and they kind of you know alluded that Venom obviously yeah. makes sense in this in this area, but he's from a different universe, which is really funny. Yeah, um, I mean. I it was so it. good that I might actually find myself seeing that fucking Morbius movie, which I was a character I, I always loved. And then it was like, and every time I watch the trailer, I'm like, just got to get past the fact that she, I, every time I see the trailer, I just think of Jared Leto post right when the pandemic happened, when he posted that tweet, a Twitter thing about like how he'd been mm-hmm. on this fucking retreat, you know, no phones, whatever. And he came back to a world, you know, it's just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's like, like you privileged piece of shit. Can you just not talk and just like do what you're supposed to? <laughs> that sounds fucked up, but like, yeah. I honestly like don't care to hear about anything any celebrity has to say regarding right. the world when they don't live in it like everyone else. And like, um, you know, it's like my wife saw House of Gucci, which I didn't see. And, and she was like, people have been like, are you going to go see that? And I'm like, on one hand, I kind of want to see it. And the other hand, Jared Leto. That's it. You know what I mean? And, like, and, and I was talking about this last night with a friend of mine. Like Jared Leto is to me is very similar to another actor who I, I did see in a movie recently uh, with Bradley Cooper. Um, they're the two actors that at the moment I hear they're in a movie, my instant, my desire to see it diminishes quite a bit. Like it could be like the greatest movie in the world, but I'm like, oh, who's in it? They're like, well, Jared Leto's here, and then Bradley Cooper. And I'm like, oh man, like I think I can pass. You know, I just don't care for either of them. That being said, I will talk about that later. But um, what else did you see? I did. I speaking of Bradley Cooper, I did want to see Del Toro. Kind of had like an under the radar movie come out. It's out right now, but I don't. I, I haven't seen it yet. Nightmare Alley. It looks like a very noir hollywood type of movie i love movie Toro. i was talking about yeah i, I, I was gonna did you see yeah. it yeah i did okay well well i'll go yeah. after it because I, I haven't seen it yet i really do because you know how i feel about del toro but i saw um i saw last night in soho okay which is cool i didn't see this in the theater i do wish i did and mm-hmm. it's funny because it's very edgar right like edgar wright has done shauna the dead he's done baby driver but it's like his take on a like giallo movie yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, which I don't hate, but it's still like kind of kooky. If if that makes sense to you, like yep. it's yeah. not as serious as I wanted it to be. Even though like it had the elements of it, if that makes sense, like it had like the color elements. It had like you know flashbacks and like uh, sexiness and like it had all those things. But it was still kind of like we're a little silly. Uh, yeah, mm. which I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I did really like it. I will say mm-hmm. that, but I still don't know if it's like the greatest thing I've ever seen. You know, like it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, mm. I like that girl, Anna Taylor Joy, Anna yeah. Joy Taylor, whatever her name is. And then Anna the other Taylor one, 
I can't <laughs> I can't remember her name, but she was in um uh that movie where Taika Waititi played Hitler. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, so she was in that, and I I do really I did really like it, but like I also I don't know I don't think I hate Edgar Wright. I I rewatched Baby Driver on a on a plane ride, and I was like, it is so much fun. It is great, but like yeah. I feel like Edgar Wright makes movies for him and not for anybody else which is you know i mean I, I still think hot fuzz is one of my favorite comedies of all time but yeah i mean i i didn't see last night i i it was at a time where it was like what are you gonna you know you gotta pick and choose and, and i love matt smith a lot and mm-hmm. i also like terrence stamp and i was like those are two and i like anna taylor joy i just i i really am a big matt smith fan and a big terrence stamp fan so I was like that could make oh they're playing the same person i would i could be into that but then i just never got around to it matt smith's face freaks me out a lot like there oh are some God. people like barry keoghan is one and him their face makes me so uneasy. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't I know. I a Cumberbatch. Yeah, it's weird that I don't. Ha- I think it's I think it's honestly Doctor Strange that I don't hate his face. I kind of like that he looks a little villainous yeah. and like wizardy. But I don't, for some reason, I just hate their faces. And it sucks because I know that they're good in roles. And it just like yeah. leaves me feeling really conflicted. <laughs> But I did, I, I liked it. I wish I saw it in the theater. I think it would have been cooler to see it in an older theater like the Plaza for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something with curtains where it like uh, like enhances the vibe a little bit. But honestly, I, I didn't care that much about it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Oh, I saw Venom uh, or Carnage. I waited a while to see it. I, I did watch this at home. I'm glad I didn't see it in a theater. It's not worth seeing it in a theater, but they're not bad movies. Like, they're fun and they tie along with like the this universe of comics and stuff everyone knows who venom is well most of us know who venom is because of spider-man um tom hardy is good in it i you know he does the voice of both um venom and um brock which is cool uh and very interesting because tom hardy is like a really he really is a great actor and he brings out certain things in certain movies i i feel like this one gets like downplayed a lot because of is it's like temperament like it is another like it's kind of kooky he like has this weird accent i think he's trying to do a chicago accent i don't really know what accent he's trying to do um but they're not terrible and i'll just say that like it's worth a watch if you have nothing else to put on you're like oh I'll, i'll watch this i like tom hardy but to see it in a theater i'd probably just say no it would be cool if I if you saw it like tied into the other universe, but like you you just kind of got that vibe like it's just not going to happen like that. I don't really know. It it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. Those are like all the movies that I've seen other except for Spider Man lately. Um, mm-hmm. I did see the last duel. I'm not sure if I talked about that in the last no, podcast you didn't. or not. No. Okay, so I watched this mostly because like Ridley Scott is just talking a bunch of shit, which is fine because he's like an old dude and he's made some great movies and like. You know, he's entitled to his opinion, but, like, he also just sounds like an old fuck. Like, shut shut up. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to see The Last Duel. It is not that great. Like, it looks good. <laughs> like, okay, it looks good. All the, all the actors are good in it. The storylines are just not that different to, like, give you a, a sure. clear look of, like, that he said, she said type of thing. Like, it goes from her point of view to her husband's point of view to her accuser's point of view mm-hmm. of all the different of all the different realities Rashomon that, like, style yeah exactly yeah okay. uh, just except it just wasn't as good like mm-hmm. 
it was just kind of boring. Uh, yeah, everyone's great, but like to sit through it in a theater, I probably would have been like, well, like, what are you even doing? Like, why even do this, Ridley Scott? Like, do something sure. else. Like, that's yeah. how I felt about it. I was like, you really pick this to dabble in? Like, I don't know. Like, fuck off. <laughs> like, that's how I felt right. about it. Even though, like, he's one of my favorite, you know, directors. It's still like, I, I kind of left a little mad because I was like, what? This is what you made while you were complaining about everything else? Like, right. not that it has to be anything else, but like, I just. If you're going to talk the talk, bit. you, you got to walk the walk. Yeah, I felt disappointed. And then otherwise, I've been watching TV uh or the internet you know yep. streaming uh yellow jackets is fucking awesome have you watched it i haven't it? checked it out yet. not yet Dude. i will i, I know, don't I want to. like subscribing to all these different services is really annoying but i did it because i really wanted to watch dexter which i'm also watching dexter's interesting it's cool it's just kind of like the same where it left off like there's nothing super different For dexter sure. is a serial killer his son's probably a fucking serial killer too Ugh, like serial killer stuff ensues it's entertaining. Yellow Jackets is sick. Yellow Jackets yeah. is so good. It's it's like, you know, uh, a live a yeah. team of uh, you know, schoolgirls on a soccer team. There's a plane crash and they survive for 18 months out in the wilderness. But it also goes into like cannibalism and how did they survive and who they are as an adult now. The cast is it is just fucking... like a lie? Do they eat butts? Well, I mean, we haven't got to butt eating, but I'm sure it's in there. Um, yeah. Plus, you know, butt is really fatty, and so if you're trying to live in like colder environments, you'd lead in, you need a lot of fat to survive because it burns off quicker. Which I've learned from that show alone, which everyone should watch because or I feel like alive. I can sur- survive now. Um, they eat butts. Well, yeah, but they want to know. You should know why you have to eat a butt. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just but, that's, that's that's the thing I always think about when I think of alive. Is that was the movie they ate butts? Um, literally ate butts and not you know sexually. Yeah. Yeah. But Yellow Jackets is so cool. It's so fun. The cast is so fucking good. Uh, mm-hmm. Christina Ricci plays this character, Misty, who is just like the most amazingly written psychopath. Like, I just, I love her. Like, I can't help but love this character because she's a complete nut job. Um, and I, I do. I love it. I think it's like the best show out right now. Mm. Um, I powered through The Witcher, which was, I, in my opinion, it was better than the first season. It's a little more delivered, and they go by a more consecutive timeline than the first one, which is kind of funny because they make jokes about it um, in in yeah. the show. Um, it's it's definitely worth watching. Henry Cavill is just uh, incredible looking as. Oh yeah, <laughs> you and my aunt as Gerald have a field day. God, <laughs> it is it is worth watching. I mean, it's also like easily bingeable yeah. so i finished it like this weekend um hawkeye which i just talked about a little bit earlier really surprised about how much i liked it it's it's not as adult as some of the other series if you will but it is really good it made me like the hawkeye character a little bit more it made me like jeremy renner a little bit more um and then Haley stanfold plays the person who kind of like takes over uh the in hawkeye the comments yeah. yeah so i I do really like it. It's definitely worth watching, especially it ties into the rest of the universe. Also, uh, what's her name? Vera Famija. Is that how you say her name? Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've, I've, like I've asked the same guess. question myself. Yeah. She's in it and she's always good in everything. Yeah, she is. Um, and I think that's it besides what we watched. But I know we talked a lot about Spider-Man, but I want to get what you've watched too. 
Well, actually, I, I, to go back to Spider-Man for a split second, one of the things I liked about it was that it was able to tell a story, provide fan service, and give you what you want. You know, a movie that I did not feel did this. I, oh God, this is going to make me so unpopular here. I hated Ghostbusters. Oh, I, I purposely didn't see it. Honestly, yeah. I feel a little bad because someone was like, do you want to see this movie with me? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was bad, in your opinion. I wanted to, I wanted to see it, um, and I was really excited, and I dragged my wife to see it on opening weekend. I was really fucking amped for it. Um, one, it, it's it's obvious that you know this when you watch the first two Ghostbusters, but it really drives the point in when you're watching it in this new one where you're like, oh, it makes a huge difference when this is not fucking taking place in New York, mm-hmm. right? Because um, New York is a very integral character to the Ghostbusters franchise. Um, I didn't like it because it was a family film. And what people forget is that the original Ghostbusters, and, and maybe not so much the second one, which I do really enjoy, but the first Ghostbusters, which I love, and it's like a part of my everyday lexicon and, and whatever, is um, it was not a movie for kids. Kids loved that movie, and they certainly, they, they definitely released merchandise for kids for it. But when you think about that original movie, there was jokes in there that as a kid I never understood until I was older. And I was like, oh, oh my God, you know, yeah. like, um, I mean, Jesus Christ, Dan Aykroyd gets a blowjob from a ghost in the original Ghostbusters, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, let's not forget that, you know, like Ghostbusters, the first Ghostbusters movie was a movie that was made today, would probably be PG-13, whatever, you know, but it wasn't for kids. This one felt like an Amblin film. You know, it's about family and it's about uh. whatever. And it's like we're spending we spend 20 to 30, maybe 45 minutes into this movie um, trying to watch the characters figure out things that we already know. We already know about. Oh, like really, we don't know that these these two kids are the grandchildren of Egon, which also doesn't make any sense because why was that character out of all the Ghostbusters be the one that actually had a family? I mean, he abandoned yeah. them. It's about you know, it's like you know, they're, they're you know, the the their mother who's like also a main character in the movie. She's like, I don't know my dad. He's an asshole. He like abandoned the family, and it's like, really, like is that where we're going with this? And then, um. Paul Rudd is great in it because Paul Rudd's great in everything, but he's completely underutilized in this movie. Um, the funniest thing he does in this movie is the way he walks into a fucking Walmart, which you get a giant Walmart sign just so you know that Walmart pitched in money for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he walks right over to a Baskin Robbins thing, pulls out a Baskin Robbins. Hey, ready? Look, I'm going to go to Baskin Robbins ice cream. All right, guys, come on. Um, the big moment that everybody is looking forward to, which is, you know, when the. I, I thought the original cast was going to come back and have a more substantial part of the movie, kind of like how Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were like absolutely essential to the fucking, to Spider-Man. Like yeah. they're, they weren't just there just to be like, Hey guys, wave we're here. It's like, no, they actually play a part in the fucking story. You know, the Ghostbusters, the original cast shows up at the last 10 minutes of the movie. They kind of just show up. It's not like, like there's a phone call earlier on in the movie. The girl, little girl's like, Oh, Okay. Let me tell you the story. There are three movies. You know how I am about talking in movies. I love yeah. cheering. I love clapping. That's fine. But when people talk or whatever, when it's quiet, I just get so fucking enraged. There's three movies that I've audibly, not controllably, uncontrollably, have said something out loud in a theater. Two of them were Star Wars movies where I said something, whatever. The third one was there's a part where the kids go to, in Ghostbusters, where the kids go to jail, right? Because they got busted for busting a ghost in downtown, wherever, in the middle of fucking nowhere. And the girl, little girl, who's great. The little girl in this movie is fucking fantastic. Uh, I can't remember her name. She's fucking fantastic. She's, fan, you know, but she's like, 
I want my phone call. And the cop goes, the sheriff goes, who are you going to call? And I went, oh, like in the theater. <laughs> it was dead quiet. And I just did that. And I was just like, I looked around. I was like, fuck, did I just do that? You know, but it was so like, really, this is what you're doing. Like, you're just, you know, and then she makes a phone call. She calls Dan Aykroyd's character and he gives you 10 minutes of explanation as to what happened to the original Ghostbusters. And I'm like, this is the longest fucking phone call in jail. I know. In, in cinematic history. It was super obnoxious. So then at the end of the movie, they just show up. Oh, um, and they basically rehash the ending of the original Ghostbusters, but without anything. See, with the original Ghostbusters, you have like the, the Gozer shows up and they, they zap Gozer and they're like, ah, oh, we did it. We fucking did it, guys. And then, you know, you hear the voice and then, you know, the state of Marshmallow Man comes. So it's like you have you think it's over. And then you get the same, you know, then the climax is the safe of Marshmallow Man. And then it's like, oh, we have to do this thing that we were told we shouldn't do. It crosses streams, yada, yada, yada. So it's like, it's a great, for a movie that doesn't have a lot of a plot, the original Ghostbusters, it's, it's great because it does, the ending is feel, feels like it's like, it's built, it's ramping up. This one doesn't feel like it ramps up at all. It's like, hey, we're going to bring back this character. You're going to do this thing. They're going to, you're going to get into a, a proton thing. Oh, you know, the ghost of Egon's going to show up and fucking save the day. I, I just can't believe I just said that out loud too. Ah, and then, the and then, um, okay. and then uh, that's it. And there's no like, there's no like, ah, oh, what's the next thing that's going to happen? It was just like, oh, that's the end of the movie. Oh, that happened. We're done. Like high five, everybody. Great. And then the kid from stranger things literally has, I'm like, why are you even here? Like, I get yeah. it. Cause you're in stranger things, but why the fuck are you in this movie? Like you don't, you're not doing anything. He's not a bad, I like that actor. And I'm just like Finn Wolfhard. I'm like, he's fine, but he's just, there's so many, why did this have to happen in this Ghostbusters movie? And people loved it. They're like, oh, no, it's the Ghostbusters movie for the fans. And I'm like, this Ghostbusters movie yeah. made the they made the, the 2000 whatever one look good. That's how I oh, felt. Oh, God. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I had no want to see it. I was like, I don't need my Ghostbusters experience modeled by newness, even if Paul Rudd's in it, which like, yeah. I get there's like a Paul Rudd renaissance going on. but like, I'm, I'm all on board for it, but. I don't know. I love, I like him, but like. I love the man. Has he done anything actually spectacular, which uh, I'm sure I'll get hate for because people Yes, love you will, because he's Rudd. fantastic. He's, he's, I mean, I could go, I could go, go back. You, to and, Paul, go you to... and Keanu, Paul Rudd and Keanu yeah. add to the list, which yeah, I do love. Um, I will see Matrix, but. Right. Uh, I, I saw a movie. So I, don't, I know you haven't been watching Succession, but. No. One of the. I'll get over okay. it. I just hate billionaires too much to even watch them in it's, a fictional it's, it's show. One the, it's one of the greatest fucking shows of all time. But I keep hearing that. I do. I hear it. You would like, love it. Yeah. You would love it. I'm telling you that I know. I know the feeling you're 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 feeling, but I'm also telling no me knowing you, you would watch like if you can get if once you get two episodes in, you are going to be hooked. You'll binge it. It's crazy. You'll love it. But um, uh, one of the actresses who's been introduced in the third season. She's not a big character at all, but she apparently she wrote and directed a film called Scary on 61st Street. Um, and mm -hmm. I saw it as I saw it for free because I was working, I was volunteering and everything like that. And I hated this movie. It's a horror movie that's about these two women who um, these two women who should be nowhere near each other because you're like from the get go. You're like, why do these fucking people even get along? You know, but they get a new apartment in New York. It was apparently the flop house of one of Jeffrey Epstein, one of Jeffrey Epstein's flop houses. And so they, they, got, they go into this weird quasi supernatural conspiracy theory rabbit hole that like it was just I love the look of this movie because it looked like an old like early. It looked a lot like the movie we watch now, but just better lighting. Um, but like 
like a like late seventies, early eighties movie. They shot on sixteen millimeter, blew it up to thirty five. Like I loved the look of it, but I fucking hated this movie. I was just watching, being like, when is this movie gonna get good? Mm-hmm. And it's like it's got elements of eyes wide shut in it. It's just so many oh, weird. Yeah, but it, yes, it, on paper you're like, yes, all this is interesting. But then when you watch the execution, it's, you're like, I don't, give, it's just... I don't give a fucking shit. I saw that, and then um, I saw I did see Nightmare Alley. I saw that the other night, and uh, I have not seen the original, and I do really want to see the original. I've wanted to see the original for fucking years. I wanted to read the book for even longer because it's based it's like, on an old. It's like fifties. It was a fifties. Forties. Forties. Okay. Yeah. Um. That being said, and the original is like what ninety minutes. This one was two and a half hours long. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, there's a few there's a few missteps in there that I'm like, oh, I get what they were trying to do with this character, and I feel like they could have done it better, you know? Like, um, I won't give anything away. Kate Blanchett, though, is she's such a wonderful actress, and, and it was her character. I'm like, I get where you're going with this character. I just feel like when you have that caliber of an actress, you can get better. Yeah. You can be better. Um, but I, I did not care. I did not mind Bradley Cooper, who I usually do. Um I'm 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 in the of the feeling that Bradley Cooper's best work was Wet Hot American Summer, but um, <laughs> but uh, you know he's got this like you know he's a fucking big deal, and so uh, he's great in this movie. Everybody's great in this movie. I really visually it was fucking stunning. I'm also a big fan of weird like behind the scenes of carnival stuff. Like I love the show Carnival. Yeah, you know I love like seeing like the the hustle behind like you know mentalism and like you know the con of all of it and and it's, it's a very grim movie it doesn't look like it it's, it's very it's, it's the, the the palette and everything like that is is very colorful but the movie itself is really about just about how people are fucking terrible you yeah know? which they, is and, what and, del toro and it, yeah and it was great i i really enjoyed it. it it's not my favorite of his movies but i i i would i would recommend it and then real quick i um around thanksgiving weekend i was home alone so i i got to, i watched uh ms 45 the able oh Ferrara. yeah, the, yeah. Uh, which is really interesting because the main actress was an advocate for heroin and that's yeah. how she died but it's very oh, yeah. interesting because she was straight up like i love heroin everyone should be on heroin heroin mm-hmm. is the best thing ever very interesting beautiful actress really great just yeah insane she also co-wrote uh bad lieutenant um yeah a- along with abel ferreira which is yeah. so i've never seen miss 45 actually it's wonderful it's uh it's i mean it's wonderful it's <laughs> it's yeah. it's i mean if you know what the movie's about and you a know gritty, a, a woman movie. gets yeah a woman gets raped twice in the same a mute woman gets raped twice in the same day and she kind of goes on a fucking death wish killing spree and it's fantastic the score the music's awesome it is it's a it's an able for error film through and through you know and i do like him so i really enjoyed it um i also saw a movie called liquid sky which is an old um 1979 1980 i want to say new york underground film um yeah, it sounds familiar it's about a a woman who like a, a ufo lands on her windowsill and basically kills everybody she has sex with she plays two characters that um, sounds awesome can that a woman admit- land on my um... here's the weird thing i yeah right i <laughs> i didn't i i while i was watching it because I, I own it and i was like i like this but am i in love with it and then after the movie was over i, I couldn't stop thinking about it i was like oh i think i really loved it if you can just you can't stop thinking about like the, a movie um I think that's a good sign. So in a good way, it, I, I can't stop thinking about how bad Ghostbusters is. So maybe, you know, that don't, you know, whatever. But, um, and then I watched a, a Fulci film that is one of my favorite Fulci films, Lizard in a Woman's Skin. Uh-huh. Um, it's a weird, not so much a horror film, 
more of like a weird murder. It's kind of like a, you know, it's, it's a little bit more of a giallo, but like it has like some really great surreal moments in it. I recommend it. Um, Lizard in a Woman's Skin. It's one of the best Fulci films. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels kind of, it's, it's straightforward in that like, you know, way that Italian giallo murder mystery movies are where you're like, oh, that's it. That's it. That's the killer. Okay. Yeah. But you don't care because it's really like you're, you're going on the fucking ride. You know, the, the destination's never is rarely something that you're like, whoa, but you're like, the, the ride is so much fun that you're like, I'm into this. Um, but a woman, like basically her, this housewife or upper rich housewife, you know, she's like, she's a rich woman, lives with her husband. She keeps fantasizing or, or whatever is kind of obsessed with her next door neighbor who is like throwing these like lavish orgies and everything like that. And then that next door neighbor gets murdered and it's like, who's the killer? And why mm-hmm. is she having visions of the kill, you know, the murder and everything like that? Um, so it was pretty sexy. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And then, um, you know, I, then I burned through the, when my what you know, we finished obviously the third season of Succession, which um, I know you haven't watched it and okay, I won't spoil anything. It's, it's third season's done. Okay. Um, you know, there, the, I, and I, for those who watched it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I know that the, everybody was reading, you know, that article about Jeremy Strong came out in the New Yorker. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually but, didn't, like, what did it say? Is it like one of oh, abuse it, scandal it was, or I mean, sexual? People, no, it was just that he's, he's, a, he's gets deeply intense into his roles, you know, and like they were basically the New Yorker article was like some people were feeling like it was painting him out to be like a fucking nutcase. And it's like, and everybody kind of like chimed in being like, he's a wonderful guy. He's not a nutcase. He just gets really into his roles, you know? So yeah, he wanted, when he was doing the the trial of the Chicago, whatever, seven or whatever, the Aaron Sorkin film, he was like, he was telling the the stunt guys, like, I want you to actually hit me. I want you to actually tear gas me. And they're like, nope, we're not doing that, you know? But he wanted, anyway, and he's really intense in in his role in Succession. But that being said, everybody was, like, that article came out and then the last episode of Succession came out. I, Jeremy Strong's fucking fantastic. But the fucking all-star of that last episode, and like I said, for anybody who sees it, they'll get it, was fucking Kieran Culkin, who's always great. But there is a he does there's a moment in that I, fucking last episode where I was I just heard. like I didn't hear I what like, it was, but I heard that yeah. everyone was like, Kieran Culkin, you know. I was like, how the fuck is he not getting the same level of attention? Because it was just so like I was like I had anxiety watching it because I was just like it was the most real I've seen. A performance like a like a real like I was like fuck is this even like acting anymore? It was just mm-hmm. something it was and it was like a small subtle thing, but it was so realistic that I had like rampant anxiety. And maybe it's just look, maybe people are gonna be like, yeah, you're just an anxious person, and that's probably tr- that's <laughs> true too. Um, so um, anyway, um, but yeah. that that yeah, I I hear about it, and everyone who I trust with stuff says it's like one of the best shows and like I do like everyone in it and I like when actors take like the method acting approach you know what I mean like and you yeah. hear it with like everybody else like anyone who's taken a, a role like that like Jim Carrey uh, you know what was it Man on the Moon and then like fucking De Niro and Raging Bull and then like even um uh what's his name Patrick Bateman you know like there's Christian Bale yeah Christian Bale there's always these actors who like take a really serious Thing. and like sure. you're pretending to be someone else for a living like you're someone else you know what I mean like I totally get that so mm-hmm. it's just like I, I do really want to see it because I like all of the actors in the show I just like yeah. you know sometimes know. you get like weird niche 
beliefs about like nothing for no reason and mine is just i hate rich people but the ultra rich you I, know and, and and you this won't change your opinion no, of how I, you feel about them but it will. i know someone's like it's not making fun of them but it's like just a glaring you know look about how like sociopathic these people are but I do, I do, I should sit down and see it. Like, there are some movies on my list that, like, I just haven't made it because Mm. of, you know, sometimes Mm. you need the comfort food. Like, I've been rewatching Buffy again for, like, the hundredth time since it ended. But, but yeah, I mean... Our our movie. Why did you pick the movie that we're okay? All right, I, I will need give to you, know. Like I just I'll give you because <laughs> it's a lot. I'll give you. I'll give you two. So here's the thing. So we watched um, to all a good night from 1980, and it, I I picked it for two reasons. One, uh, it is it's a Christmas film. We've kind of a Christmas horror film. We've kind of gone through a list of some mostly good ones. I think we we you know there was elves, which is not. It was fun, but it's not a good movie by no means. But so this is a Christmas horror film. We couldn't do Black Christmas again. We couldn't do Christmas Evil, you know. Uh, so I put that's why it was a Christmas horror film. But the other reason why is because the director was David Hess. Now yeah. David Hess, for those of you guys who don't know, David Hess is the lead villain um, Krug in Last House on the Left. He and was a composer, which is very interesting. He's also he did he did some music on Last House on the Left. I have the soundtrack, um, but. He's also, he is, he was the, there's something about David Hess that I will give him through and through that every time he's on screen, I always feel really uncomfortable because I don't know what he's going to do. You know, <laughs> I mean, I even that's... in, yeah. <laughs> in Swamp Thing, which is what, you know, another Wes Craven film, he's in it. And only even the movie, in that movie, which is like, I don't think, I think it's PG to be honest, even though whatever, it's still like, I'm like, oh man, what's he going to do? And he's not even the lead villain. He's like a henchman, but I'm like, is he going to rape Swamp Thing? Like, is that yeah. what's going to happen? Because guess what? In every movie I've seen David Hessen, that, that's a huge part of it. So I was just kind of curious. It's like, okay, so what did, what movie would David Hess make? This guy, the only movie he's ever made, the only movie he's ever directed, what would this, what would that movie be? Aww. And, um, yeah. And, um, and so I had to know. So um, I wanted to sit down and watch it. And I also wanted to kind of go not read any reviews because, um you know, I don't always agree with reviews, you know, especially when it comes to horror films, because, you know, people are fucking weird, you know, so I was yeah. deliberately avoiding reviews for this movie, because I was just like, I can't imagine, I, I could easily imagine a mainstream reviewer being like, that was fucking terrible, me being like, oh, I liked it. Um, the plot is, there's a bunch of sorority girls, it's kind of like Black Christmas, Jesus Christ, I mean, it very yeah, much is Black it Christmas. it is, it's like a really bad version of Black Christmas, like a bunch of college yes. girls are left over on their holiday vacation, just looking for a little, a little touch, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good way to put it, yeah, um, <laughs> they're looking to, they're looking to get some, get some action, and um, with some guys that show up in a, in a jet, um, don't know why. Dude, and, is, um, is this, like, this might be one of the worst movies you've done. I, 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 I will not disagree with that. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, the, the, the sorority girls get picked off one by one. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, did, I can't. I did kind of like a train up, like I wrote down notes as I was watching it. And most of them are like, what? Why? What? Why is this happening? There's like, I, I, it's probably in line with some of the worst movies we've done. I think like our, our worst is like probably Poltergeist 2, uh, Ghost Ship, even though I love it. Um, and we've done some... I, Christmas. I feel like you're insulting the the compared to this movie, Poltergeist Two is a fucking 
Yeah. Masterpiece. I agree. This movie is like, is, is like almost as bad as the room. Like there are really random lines that like maybe on a script they made sense, but like saying it, like there's a line in the beginning when like they're in the kitchen and like the um, mother house mother just says like, Oh my dear, so much stew left over, but it sounds so out of place. And it's like such a needless line. And then like one of the characters, one of the main, um, you know, college girls has like a weird old timey Hollywood accent for no reason. She sounds like Mae West. She's like, Hey, you know, stick with me kid. And you'll, you'll go places. Uh, it fucking, it's so weird. It's so out of place. I noted it. I noticed it immediately. Also, there's like some porn stars who are characters or um, not yeah. extras, but like not main characters in it, which I thought was kind of funny. Cause I'm like, where did they even like a lot of these people except from Kristen, is it Kristen Runyon? No, Jennifer Runyon. Jennifer Runyon. Yeah. Who actually was in the appeared, original ghost. Yeah. And I remember her scene because it's at the very beginning, you know, mm-hmm. when, uh, when Bill yeah, Murray is like, yeah. yeah, testing them. Um, yeah. But she's in this and it's kind of funny. Cause when I first heard her voice, I was like, what is this? A poor man's Daryl Hannah. Um, and she kind of appeared as like extras and other roles and stuff, but like the infantilization of her in this movie is really disturbing to me. Yeah. Uh, they put her in pigtails for some reason and then she's wearing what looks like, like a child's top for some of the movie. Um, one of the man characters is like, at first he's very like timid and like, I'm a nervous bumbling idiot and this girl is trying to have sexy time with me and then all of a sudden turns into a different person in front of the other girl and so I don't I don't understand the reason for that unless he was just like trying to get laid again like everyone in that movie was just trying to get laid with each other which is fine but it was very weird and confusing um also the cops that were in it the cops like I I was like are they like mob cops like the way they delivered their lines and were speaking (laughs) Yeah. You know, they're like, hey, Joey, go to the cop car. You know, like, it was just, it's so, this movie is so bad. What, the kill scenes are really fun. The note, okay, so yeah, the note that I wrote about the, the, the main detective was like, this is the part that I feel like David Hess would have played if he had been in the movie. Because <laughs> he always has that, like, he, there's something about him that's very tough. You know, like, from what I heard, he was like the most wonderful guy in the world. But he just, he could play tough. And that's what I imagined he would have played if he was if he had cast himself in this movie. Um yeah, I mean, like, look, this wasn't, I mean, this predated, the, another reason why I wanted to do this is because right around this time of the year, a lot, of the one of the staples that uh, that people watch for Halloween or Christmas horror is Silent Night, Deadly Night. And I was mm-hmm. like, this actually predated that as far as a killer dressed up as Santa Claus. So, uh, by the way, if you didn't ca- catch it from what we were talking about earlier, the killer is killing people dressed up as Santa Claus. And that's, Which, yeah, the killer, I mean, oh, God, the, the, the killers. Yeah. Is just, hey. It's, it predated not only Silent Night, Deadly Night, but it also predated Scream. Yeah. Um, which I think what I, what I think is funny about this movie is it's clearly ripping off Black Christmas. Yeah. But and I can't remember if I don't know if it was this movie because Black Christmas is like what seventy I want to say seventy four, but this other movie that I feel like it had to have ripped off. I was like this movie came out in nineteen eighty. This other movie was shot, I think, in 79 and came out in 80, or maybe it did come out in 79, maybe, because I always find it was Canadian, so it always kind of like whatever. The, it was uh, Prom Night. Prom Night opens with this prank that, you know, like they're, they're, all these kids are playing a game and it goes awry and this little girl dies. And then, you know, fast forward a few years later and somebody's picking off the, the kids who were there as revenge, you know, for, you know, with this girl's death. 
this movie opens very fucking similar. So I'm like, yeah. oh, was, was prom, had prom night come out yet? Or is there just some weird like thing in the ether of this open type of an opening? But um, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's really a bad ripoff of black Christmas and prom night. Um, you know, I, I felt a little like for a while, for a while watching it, I was like, did David, I mean, David Hess like did, I think scored some Italian films, but I was like, I wonder if he had seen Suspiria because like it has nothing to do with Suspiria, but there's like certain odes to it. Like there's a, there's multicolored glass and like there was a few like the the whole like boarding school thing with a lot of girls i was i was like i wonder if he is a fan of those films and like not like was trying to like make a little ode to it like sneak it in there but there's no proof he could have just been like yeah he worked he worked with a lot of italian um, horror directors i mean Ruggiero Diodato, he's like you know the guy did kind of a holocaust he worked with him on um Oh God, not Last House. Oh fuck, it wasn't Last House on Dead End Street. It's a house that I own. House at the end of the. Uh, um, I gotta find out right now. But you know, he has worked with a, t- a lot of Italian directors, so I imagine that he did, um, you know, come across these fucking movies. Yeah, but, well, I um, wondered about that, but he, I mean, the, it has some clever kill scenes, and I'll I'll ruin one. Go for it. The one in like that living room where like um, for some reason there's a um, like knight's armor like that mm-hmm. fucking killed me. Yeah, like I, I, I laughed out loud. Like yeah. you know, imagine like you're having sexy time in front of a fireplace on a on a bare skin rug, and mm-hmm. uh, and that there's like two knights, you know, knight armor, and then one of them suddenly comes alive and shoots you, shoots your boyfriend with an arrow, and then cuts her head off. Like it fucking was hilarious yeah and like some um, of the death scenes are pretty fucking funny yeah so the same year uh, he had done house on the edge of the park that was the one i was trying oh, okay. to remember and and i actually you know for what it's worth i actually think that movie is really good it's pretty brutal but it's it's pretty good um but uh yeah so he had you know yes but the death scenes were the the guy who did the death scenes was uh or the makeup effects guy was mark showstrom who would go on to do like I mean, he got K and B their break in the business. He got uh, he did um, he worked on Evil Dead two. He worked on Phantasm two. A lot of twos. Um, he worked on the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I mean, he is Mark Showstrom is like a fucking legend in, in makeup effects. But uh, along with Savini, but um, that, those are the only fucking really good parts of this movie. There is one part that I did like because I was like, oh man, out of nowhere we get this kind of creepy moment where like one of the girls is so traumatized by what's happened that she has a fucking nervous breakdown so at one point they're like they're sitting uh-huh. there like the two main characters and they hear like weird weird singing and they go in the room and she's just kind of like singing to herself and dancing and i was like that's actually creepy to me nothing else in this movie is fucking <laughs> creepy that, a girl sing, like kind of having this nervous breakdown and singing and dancing um was was creepy to me but <clears throat> the reveal of the killers is so it's not only obvious but you're also like who the fuck cares I know. Like, even you're even like, when you're like, even when like to the they reveal one, and they're like, oh, that's who it's been the whole time. No fucking shit. You're like <laughs> big fucking deal. And then up, oh, wait a minute, there's also another killer. And then you're like, yeah, I don't care. You know, it's like I maybe I didn't see that coming, but I also didn't give a fucking shit either. You know, it's like, so it um, it's not a good movie. It really isn't. It's like somehow like elves is a. I feel like elves is a worse yeah. movie. But it's, but it's more enjoyable. Yeah, this, I I mean, I enjoyed hating it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, this movie is really bad. Uh, it doesn't redeem itself really in any way. Like, some of the kill scenes are, like, clever and they're funny. 
But otherwise, I was like, this is like laughably bad movie. The acting's really bad. Um, everything about it is bad. The house is cool, you know, yeah, it's, it's- but it's shot in a mansion. I'm sure they made best use of it. Um, but this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's I pretty bad. Know. I mean, it it is a poor man's version of Black Christmas, Prom Night, and yeah. even elements of Friday 13th, because you have that weird gardener. Maybe and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody can can chime in, you know, at some point and and correct me on this one. But I feel like the the trope of the crazy old guy who's telling everybody there's bad something bad is gonna happen. I feel like that really picked up. If not, it maybe not have originated, but it really became famous in Friday Thirteenth with the "You're all doomed," you know. Like, um, there's a character in this movie. He's he's a gardener. Is he a house? I don't know the fuck <laughs> he is in this movie, but he's this old guy who. <clears throat> looks creepy so you're supposed to be like i think he's the killer but he's so fucking obviously creepy that you're like he's definitely not the killer but he's like there's an evil in this house there's evil going on it's like dude what the fuck man you haven't seen shit yet and you're already kind of going off in this fucking rant about crazy shit happening and then of course crazy shit happens but um yeah he his character is ridiculous but it's like it this movie is a poor man's version of a bunch of other movies that are, are much better and it's funny because david Hess did work with italian directors he did he was familiar with with that stuff with giallo films and the style and everything like that this movie is so poorly lit that i'm yeah. like what the fuck is happening half the time um it's just it's it's such a wow you know so yeah like, i needed yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't suggest anyone watch it unless you like watching bad movies like Looking it up, I was like, this movie's not going to be good, probably. But mm-hmm. I did enjoy watching it because I like to watch bad movies. <laughs> right. Not all the time. My taste is sure. impeccable. But uh, it's just not. It's not at all good. Is it worth watching if you like watching bad movies? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like this to me was more of answering the question, what would this guy, what kind of movie would this guy have made? You know, and I got to see it. And I'm like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I hear, and here's the only thing, the reason why I wanted to see it too was because I knew it was David Hess. I knew it was a Christmas themed horror movie because the fucking poster for it, it looks fu- is I'm like, that looks kind of cool. Dude, I love these old posters because it, it doesn't have anything to do with the movie too. Scary yeah. mask, Santa Claus, ghost face above a it's weird... It's so weird. It's so weird. Like, I, if I saw the poster, I'd be like, okay, in- interesting. But you're like, that doesn't have anything to do with the movie. Sure. I mean, and this, again, it, it came out in a time period where you had... Sometimes you had some of the best marketing and some of the best, like, posters and, and some of the most iconic posters. And then sometimes you had... There was another movie... Um, I remember seeing this box video box as a kid. It was a movie called Screamers, and it had this like guy, and he's just like a, a ske- it's like a weird skeleton. It's like you will see somebody's flesh turn inside out, and then of course it never happens in the movie. <laughs> but like the box is just like, wow! I need to know what's happening inside this box. I need to know what's happening inside this this movie. And to all a good night, I can tell you that the poster, you're like, that could be kind of cool. And then you watch the movie, you're like, whoa! This is not at all um what i'd hope they and i'm like look i usually try to find the good in everything we watch you know um aside from that one scene where that girl's having a nervous breakdown which i thought was kind of eerie um this movie is really this is the worst movie we have ever covered it is Um, like it's kind of it's not as bad as the room which i i need to make it clear i hate the room i don't find it funny i fucking hate it this movie I don't hate, but it is bad. It's like almost equally as bad. 
Hmm. Yeah, I see. I find the room. I find. I, I mean, maybe not as much now as I did, but like I did find the badness of the room enjoyable. But yeah, but watch I, it now, and then like guaranteed you'll find so many annoying things. Like not even funny annoying. You're just like this yeah. is trash. Yeah. But that's how I feel about this movie, except I kind of liked it. Like in a yeah. way that like I was like, this is embarrassing for everybody. I can't wait to yeah. indulge in this embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, look, the Christmas gift that we can give to you is to tell you maybe not watch this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Skip this one unless like you purposely want to punish yourself for like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. And it's it doesn't I mean, like, honestly, I was watching this and like at one point my wife came in the room. And she's like, are you even watching this movie? I'm like, yes. But because I was like so like. I was just so distracted and I was just so out of it because I was just like, this movie is just so, there's nothing engaging about it for me. And the the kills when they happen are so, I'm like, whoa, that was cool. Uh, and then we're back to the weird bullshit. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, man. they I, were very fast. And there was a lot of like the red screen, which you see in a lot of older films to like show, you know, mm-hmm. evil or something's happening. It's like red flash. But like, yeah, dude, it's a bad fucking movie. So do yourself a favor and rewatch the original black christmas because i did a few uh, days ago and i was like god damn as a palate cleanser so- absolutely uh, th- that movie is just so great and then i mean look i've even watched let me put it this way this movie is so bad that silent night deadly night 2 looks i mean it, I, I was like i rewatched silent night deadly night 2 after this and i was like i is this a is this a good movie because I feel like in you know back to back with To All Good Night, it has to be because Silent Night Deadly Night too. I'm like at least I can follow what's going on. I have a, a an interest. This is just like and I bring up Silent Night Deadly Night too because it's notoriously like you know everybody the garbage day meme and like everybody laughing about it. But trust me, comparatively speaking, that movie is the fucking is, um, epic Christmas horror movie. This is just like this made me hate Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, this is like not even good on any scale, really. Yeah, I mean, like you deserve punishment for a reason, or you're a completist. (laughs) Like, if you maybe, like I said, you're hearing this and you're like, "Whoa, David Hess, the guy from Last House on the Left, made a horror movie." I I too want to know what that would that would be. Knock yourself out. Yeah, like curiosity. Yourself kill the cat, but like you know, the cat also has nine lives, so take Mm -hmm. that into consideration. Yeah. If you want to like spend some time fucking off for a little while, but yeah, terrible movie, terrible movie. <laughs> Lots of TNA though. Can't, yeah, can't... Uh, like very sexy. Yeah, I mean, it dimly. I mean, it really is. It's like the you know, it's not graphic like a, you know, it's not like on par with a porn film, but it's certainly lit like one. Yeah, um, and it's like it has like a feel. Like I was like, did someone have a budget to make a porn film, and then all of a sudden was like, let's make a real movie. I, you know what? It sounds. I, I, I have absolutely tried to find as much information I can about this movie, um, and uh, that to me is a theory that I will actually stick by. That's a good one. I really I mean, think it makes that you're. Sense. It does make sense. It we'll absolutely see. makes sense. Maybe so. we could find so we'll we'll investigate some more. But that's what it feels like to mm, me. I'm not actually. gonna waste so much more time on this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, d- I'm done. With let's not. I'm done with it. Let's There's just, no reason. Let's just pretend that that what you just said <laughs> was probably the best explanation for why this movie turned out the way it did. But um, yeah. So, so yeah. that's our ending. Don't don't watch it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Merry Christmas. Uh, <laughs> there's other ones. You know what? Like Black Christmas. What did we else we watch? We watched Black Christmas. We watched Christmas, Christmas Evil, Evil, which I which I, I like. 
you like oh more God. because I you love feel that bad movie. for murderers. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I do. I uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Coming Fictional from the person, murderers, who loves, yeah. person who loves Christina Ricci and in and says she's like the best psychopath and why is watching Dexter and I'm the crazy one who's sympathizing with the poor guy dressed up as Santa Claus who gets made fun of by a bunch of random assholes. Well, I don't feel bad for for Misty. I just love that she's psychotic. But anyway. Christmas Evil, uh, we watched Elves. Silent Night, we Deadly watched... Night. We didn't do that one, right? We didn't do that one, but, but you can watch that one. that's another good Christmas. Day of the Beast, which we oh, did yeah. last year. Which Great. Is... Yeah, fantastic. So, Cron- is Chronos a Christmas movie? Uh, you know, no, I they almost... don't do the New Year, right? Yeah, but it, it, it still has the Christmas lights up. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, um, this but... one not so much. It's a Christmas yeah. movie, but it's not good. Watch Die Hard or something. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Merry Christmas. Bye. Happy holidays. Bye. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. See you. you See you go. next year. <laughs> bye. And my my now my cat's getting off my lap. All right, bye. Bye, bye, Miles. It was the start of Christmas vacation. A few were staying, and they planned to have one hell of a good time. I would really like to wish all those students leaving for Christmas vacation a pleasant journey and the happiest of holidays. TJ is coming up with a few of his friends tonight. The dean of the school was away, so the girls decided to invite their boyfriends. It was against school regulations, but they were always very good at breaking the rules. This time, they'll wish they hadn't. You must pray. Pray so the devil won't claim you for one of his own. Santa came to kill. What the hell are you doing up here in that dumb outfit? Even the police didn't suspect Santa Claus. Oh, Tom, take that bloody mask off. Take me to bed. No one suspected Santa Claus. He was hunting for blood. He was everywhere. kind of a crazed mind was killing and mutilating his victim.